Their life as a family had ended. It appeared that the ape was having the time of his life, grinning ear to ear. But when I looked closer, I saw bald patches and sores. He'd been restrained by a rope at some point. It was still tied around his waist and trailed in the dirt. Clément, that's a bonobo, I said, stupidly. Yes, it is, he said, his gaze flicking nervously between me and the man. So stop the car, I said. Irritation at being stuck in this car, at being stuck in this country, fired away. Dis Sophie, I cannot, he said. This is precisely what my mom fights against. She would insist that you stop and you work for her, so you have to, I said, waving my hand at him. No, Sophie, Clément said. She would want me to contact her and have the Ministry of Environment deal with it, not her daughter. Well, I insist then. In response, Clément locked the doors. It was a pretty weak move, though, since there weren't any child locks in the front seat. The car was barely rolling because of the roadblock traffic, so I simply opened the door, jumped out, and sped back to the trader. He swung the baby bonobo up into his arms and greeted me in Lingala, not the French that Congo's educated classes use. Mbote, you would like to meet my friend here, Mundele, he asked me. He's so cute. Where did you get him? I asked in Lingala. I spoke French and English with my parents, but was still fluent in the language of my childhood friends. The man released the bonobo. The little ape sat down tiredly in the dirt and lowered his arms wincing as his sore muscles relaxed. I kneeled and reached out to him. The bonobo glanced at his master before working up the energy to stand and toddle over to me. He leaned against my shin for a moment, then extended his arms to be picked up. I lifted him easily, and he hugged himself to me, his fragile arms as light as a necklace. I could make out his individual ribs under my fingers, could feel his heart flutter against my throat. He pressed his lips against my cheek. I guessed to get as close as possible to my skin, and only then did I hear his faint cries. He'd been making them for so long that his voice was gone. Do you like him? The man asked. You want a playmate? My mom runs a bonobo sanctuary up the road, I said. I'm sure she'd love to care for him. Worry passed over the man's face. He smiled nervously. Uh, he is my friend. I have not harmed him. Look, he likes you. He wants to live with you. He wants to braid your hair. He knew the way to a Congolese girl's heart. The man began to plead. Please, La Blanche, I have traveled six weeks down the river to bring this monkey here. There was a storm, and I lost all of my other goods. If you do not buy the bonobo... My family will starve. Looking at the man, with his crippled foot and greasy, ragged tunic tied closed with woven palm fronds, it wasn't hard to believe he was close to starvation. By now, Clément had parked and huffed up the street to join us. Undoubtedly, it already called my mom. Sophie, he said, we need to leave. This is not the way. He didn't get it. Stop worrying. 
If we wind up in trouble, I'll tell Mom it was all my idea. The baby ape reached his fingers under my collar to touch my skin directly. How much do you want for him? I asked the man. The sanctuary doesn't buy bonobos, Clément said, stepping between us. He is my property, the man replied. You cannot take him from me. It's not going to come to that, I said. I wish Clément would go away. He was on his way to ruining everything. I turned to dismiss him, but paused. Clément was staring back at the roadblock. From his worried face, I could tell he'd clearly decided these weren't true police, but the other kind. Drunk men with guns and a hunger for bribes. Already they were watching us curiously. It was risky to be out of our car at all in this part of the capital. People were robbed. Or for girls, much worse.